stand with us, please?
that out. Hallelujah. We're here this evening because before there could be an Easter Sunday, there had to be a Good Friday. And it seems sort of counterintuitive to call Good Friday a Good Friday because it was anything but a, but a good day in terms of what the disciples experienced and what happened on the cross. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 10, that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his say, seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And verse number 11, the first part says, And he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. It was a Good Friday because of the sacrifice that Jesus gave of giving himself on the cross. Because his sacrifice was perfect and complete and without sin, God would be able to be totally satisfied with the, with the offering that he made on our behalf. Because of what he did on our behalf, we could be accepted in the beloved and we will have an Easter Sunday morning I'd like to open with prayer this evening Father as we stand before you tonight as one body we're from many different congregations but because of the body of Jesus Christ we have become one body when blood was shed and when bruises were laid upon him a perfect sacrifice was made so that each and every one of us, Lord, could become part of that body. We could be washed. We could be cleansed. We could walk in grace. No longer, Father, feeling as though we have to walk based on our own merits because none of us could merit salvation. And so tonight, Lord, thank you that as we're one body, God, thank you that a greater understanding of the grace, the price that you paid to make it possible for us to become part of that body and to become one together with you and with, other, with each other. And I pray tonight, Father, that we have a fresh revelation of that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
in the scriptures that we have, there is a principle that is given to us. Uh, it's a principle of perfection. God oftentimes, within his own word, describes his heart and gives us understanding of his heart. And some things that we may not understand in the natural, but from the throne room of God and from the heart of God, we can come to understand some truths that keep us and gives us life here in the earth. And there is a principle of God's heart that some of us have heard before. And I want to read that to you tonight because when we understand this principle, which I call perfect love, we understand the truth of who God is and what we can become. It may not be something that we are familiar with. We've heard God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's not that kind of scripture. And sometimes when we read this particular scripture, we think differently from a human standpoint. But it is really the basis of the nature of God. So he says out of the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, he says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together running over, it will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. God speaks of giving and he goes on. And he says, good measure, press down, shake it again. In other words, all that you do, do it. Continue to do it. Don't stop doing it. Don't stop giving. God did the same with us when it comes to perfect love. If perfect love is to be given, it has to be given in perfect form. Anything less than perfect, then it would not be perfect. So in order for God to be perfect and to walk in perfection, he had to give perfect love. Everything that he does has to be perfect. When God created the earth, he created the earth out of perfect nature. In other words, everything that he saw was good. Pastor Jim has just made reference to Good Friday. It is Good Friday because only God can give that which is good. He can't give bad. He doesn't know bad. He can't give darkness because he doesn't know darkness. God gave good, and therefore all things are good. God gave life, and therefore all things bring life. God gave health and healing, and therefore all things that are of God come into a place of health and healing. All that God gives, he doesn't give impartiality but he gives imperfection. So his love that he gave to us also came imperfection. The scripture tells us out of John 1 that 
in Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men, and that light shined in darkness, and the darkness couldn't overcome it, simply because it was perfect light that was placed in us because of the perfection of his love toward us. It says that all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, all that we have, all that we enjoy in the earth, everything that we understand to be good for us came out of God. And because of that, we're able to walk in a good life and in a righteous life. For God to be a God of love and to remain a God of love, he had to continue to give perfect love. Not just when we're doing well, but particularly when we're not doing well. When things aren't going our way, when we can't see, when we can't find our way, when things become cloudy and we begin to move into a place of disarray and confusion, it's in those times that even there we'll find perfect love come to our aid and begin to press us into that thing that we know as truth. When something moves away from perfect love, it collapses. There's nothing else left to it. And sometimes in our time of loneliness and our time of being distraught, we move away from perfect love. And when we look at our own lives, we see things shattered. We see things collapsing. We like the world system. We like the people of old. We like Adam and Eve. Have come to a place where we stepped out from what we knew as perfect love. And things started to collapse. We moved away from what we knew to be the truth. And things began to collapse. But one day we found an answer. When God made the world, everything that he made was like him. God gives of himself. So everything that he made gives of itself. So you'll find in the scriptures that he made the trees and he made every uh, herb and every fruit, producing fruit after its own kind. Apples don't produce themselves to glorify themselves. They produce themselves to give. The sun does not sit in the sky so that it may warm itself or bring light to itself. The sun sits that it may give. The moon, which is a reflection of the sun, is not sitting there that it may just say, I'm a good reflection. But it gives because it came out of the giver. And oftentimes when we can't find our way, it's because we have lost our way of giving of ourselves. Because everything that is born of God gives of itself. And then there was a day that God made the ultimate sacrifice. And it says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friend. 
I am his friend. So he gave his life for me. You are his friends. So he gave his life for you. As you walk out these doors, you'll meet and greet people you've never seen before. They are his friends because he gave his life for them. Tomorrow you'll find yourself in a shopping mall, perhaps, or in a store, or perhaps stopping by somewhere and getting some gas, and you'll meet some people, and you'll see others who are his friends because he gave his life for them. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, when you turn on your television, no matter when you step out of your home, when you go to work, whatever you do, when you think of even the troubles that you have in your own personal life and you get down on yourself because your world has collapsed, you can stop and remember that you are his friend. And he gave his life for you. And what he gave, was perfect and out of perfect love comes perfect love in this attitude of worship we're going to continue to worship the lord this evening by taking communion together some of you know that as the eucharist it says in the word of god paul tells us that if you are a christ follower meaning that you have accepted Christ in your heart and confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart and asked God to forgive you of your sins, that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you are a Christ follower. And therefore, we want to encourage you tonight that if you are here, whether a guest or you're a regular attender of this community of faith, we want to invite you that if you are a Christ follower, uh, to join us in the next few minutes of the partaking of communion together. What I am going to do is I'm going to ask that once you receive those elements that you would just hold on to them temporarily and then I will come back and I will lead us uh, in communion together.
And so you track back with me to a week ago, what we know as Palm Sunday. In the city of Jerusalem, you would have found the families that were Jewish. You would find them traveling into the city that day, husband and wife, children, all together as a family with one purpose. It was called Lamb Selection Day. It was a day that they would go into the marketplace and they would look to find that pure spotless lamb that they could have to represent on behalf of their family that would be chosen for the sacrifice so that blood could be shed for the sins of that family. And they had that tradition where the priest would lay his hands on that lamb and transfer the sins of that family and prepare it for sacrifice. But what we don't realize is on that same day of Lamb Selection Day in Jerusalem, up on a mountainside, with a humble spirit, riding on a donkey, the Word of God tells us that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, comes into Jerusalem on Lamb Selection Day. At the same time, families are over there and they're looking to select the perfect lamb. And at the same time, God is displaying Jesus Christ to say, this is the perfect lamb that I have chosen for this day. So here we are a week later on Good Friday. Families are gathering in the city of Jerusalem knowing what day it is. There's anticipation in the air, knowing that they will be gathering together and with an amount of hours, their lamb, their perfect spotless lamb, will be taken to the priest in preparation for sacrifice. But little did they understand and realize that just a little ways away, the Lamb of God was being prepared for the ultimate sacrifice for all of humanity. I'm gonna ask that you would take the element of the bread that you have been given this evening and take it in your hands. It says here in the Word of God, It says here in the Word of God that after dinner, Jesus had taken the cup. And when he had given thanks, 
He took the bread and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. that you would take the cup. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink together. So the word tells us, the word tells us that that afternoon at three o'clock, or what we know as the ninth hour, as in the court where the priest had laid his hands on that pure spotless lamb in representation of those families, in the silence of that day, he sacrifices that lamb without even knowing and realizing that not far away, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, is sacrificed. And as the priest declares, it is finished, and a shofar is blown from on high, Jesus Christ gives himself up to the Father and declares, it is finished. Rejected and 
Stop! 